0: You thought I didn't see this, didn't you? However, of course I did, because I am Shohei Ohtani's number one fan in America. I mean, the numbers don't lie. It's not Ben Verlander. I'm sorry. It's me. I show, uh, I show speed has Ronaldo. I've got Shohei Ohtani. You mark that down. Uh, he had the bombshell quote this week. And basically it was something along the lines. I don't want to misspeak for him. I'm going to paraphrase here along the lines of he's disappointed with how the angel season went, but content with how his personal season went numbers wise. I mean, this is the most, this is the most controversial thing he's ever said. Uh, Mark this down. He will not be wearing a angels Jersey and angels Jersey. This time next year, it's gonna happen. It started with speculation midseason around the trade deadline. Hey, are you gonna trade Otani? looks like the Angels are gonna, you know, be missing out on the playoffs again. Then the Angels announced their intention to sell the franchise to a new owner. Um, okay, domino falling after domino falling. And now this well, if I am the St. Louis Cardinals or any team for that matter, I am offering my entire team on top of a blank check to go get this guy. Generational talent like we've never seen. I don't know how it was possible that the Angels have not won with Mike Trout or like found a way to be even competent in Major League Baseball with Mike Trout or with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on the team. I mean, I'm going all out for this guy. Um, I would have gone all out for Juan Soto. These guys do not come available, and look where the Padres are. Um, it's ridiculous. So uh, Shohei Otani, I'm excited. I There was rumors that he might be going back to Japan. We cannot allow that. The angels might make you do that. There's that bad of a franchise. That loser franchise might make you want to go back. Um, uh, but no, we got to keep you here in America. You're too good. I love watching you. Baseball fans love watching you. The entire sports fans should enjoy watching what we are watching with Shohei Otani. And I would love to see him in a Cardinal uniform. Um, he's not going to be wearing an Angels uniform this time next year. You can bank on it. Um, speaking of baseball, you know, Phillies in four was trending before before the series even started. Okay, it looked good after one in the start to game two. Now it's 1-1 going back to Philly. Uh, come on, guys. I mean, all the Padres had to do, and I've said this about the Phillies, because for what it's worth, I had the Padres upsetting the Dodgers, but I had the Braves moving on. I had the Guardians taking out the Yanks. Uh, took them to five, lost there. Then the Astros, I had them, you know, taking care of the Mariners. They end up sweeping them. Um, you know, it's Phillies. You just, they have two guys. They have Nolan Wheeler. If you beat one of them and you're the Padres, you're in good, you're in business. And boom, that's what you're doing. Okay, 1-1, you're heading back to Philly. The bank's rocking, Sure. Um, But again, now you're starting to get into the Ranger Suarez uh, a little bit deeper down that rotation, which isn't as strong. I think Ranger Suarez actually came in and bullpen helped. So it's like they're scrambling right now. Uh, Padres have one through five. Snell wasn't great, obviously, um, but the offense picked them up and you've got other guys you can go to and feel confident in. Um, so I like the Padres to get it done. It'll probably go seven games should be a hell of a series. Um, the Yankees shouldn't even be here. I mean, let's, let's, it's, it's probably going to be the Astros. It's hard to make it to -to back-to-back franchise, uh, to back-to-back a world series. I touched on that in the MLB divisional playoff preview, which you could check out on YouTube archive there. Um, you know, I think they're going to get handled by the Astros, the Yankees I'm talking about as much as I dislike the Astros, um, What was I saying all year long is going to hurt the Yankees in the playoffs and really hurt anything? Hurt the Cardinals because it happens to them every year. Your offense just disappears in the playoffs. It happens. It's you know you've got the long season to compile all these numbers, Goldschmidt, Judge, you name it, and then all of a sudden you could play three games and go zero for nine, and all of a sudden your season's over. Yankees are scraping by barely. They just beat out the Guardians in their first playoff series. Took five games. Aaron Judge, right, broke my Roger Maris's record, right? Should be the AL MVP, although Shohei would like a word. Um, no, it's got to be Judge, even though Shohei's, I mean, what he's doing is ridiculous. He could win the AL MVP every single year. Um, but Judge breaks a record that probably shouldn't have been broken. It was almost a half century old. He's batting 167. He's driven in three runs. Stanton finally hit a big home run against the Guardians, helped them win that one, but Other than that, you take that away, a three-run homer to the short porch, he hasn't been doing anything. Um, The team, the Yankees' entire team is batting 176. Uh, I think the Astros get it done, and I'm not saying it's a sweep. I think Garrett Cole gets one in there, but I don't think it's going to be pretty. Might be a gentleman's uh, sweep in business there. All right, let's talk the NFL. Ricky Larson's coming up as well, so we'll get you the fantasy news and notes. Um, Look, we do this every single year. We overanalyze the NFL on a week-by-week basis. Last year, Stephen A. proclaimed the Chiefs dead, I think, after week four. And then, of course, they were in the AFC championship. Um, uh, Look, you know, remember when the Jaguars were good? Uh, How about the Dolphins when they were the class of the AFC You know, again, it will be the same usual suspects by year's end. The NFL is bad right now. Like, just look, I'm not saying it's bad. It's great to watch. It's an epic product. That's why we all binge it every single Sunday, like uh, the Lord's Prayer. But it's a lot of parody. And I want you to look at the NFC, the National Football Conference, and I want you to tell me what teams right now do you trust? Eagle fans are going to tell you, Philly. Viking fans are going to tell you, Minnesota. I'm telling you, it's just the Bucks. I, that's it. And I know I said buy low last week. They go out and lose to the Steelers. Buy even lower. I look, Nobody is coming. That, that team still has its core. Tom Brady does not give a rat's ass about the regular season. Okay, it's nice what the Falcons are doing. They're covering every single game. They get a big win against San Francisco. That's because San Francisco ain't good. Um, everyone's just beating up on each other. And all you got to do is make the playoffs and have the best quarterback ever to do it. On your team, you got Chris Godwin coming back from an injury that he missed the game against the Rams last year, which they probably should have won. And then we're talking about a whole different Super Bowl uh, from last year. Again, let's not let's not go freaking out over the Jaguars, over the Dolphins, Eagles. Again, they're staying undefeated. They were a playoff team last year. Good to see they're right back, backing that up. Who made them look asinine in that playoff game? The Bucks. <laughs> Um, I took them plus 1100 at the beginning of this week. I still think there's an opportunity there in a, just a garbage conference. Um, it, you know the only team with a like that looks like a tier above them, uh, above the rest of the crop, the rest of the entire NFL is the Bills. But again, this is a franchise that lost four straight Super Bowls. They're cursed. They're cursed. And it was a team that lost in Kansas City last year in the playoffs. I know they just went in and be- beat Kansas City. Kansas City, I'm also never counting out. Uh, That offense is going to play. Look, they they, look at what they did to the Raiders. I know the Raiders are terrible, but they they don't panic when they're down multiple scores. Uh, That plays in the playoffs. Mahomes, again, it's him and Allen probably right now for MVP consideration, throw in Jalen Hurts. But again, it's so early and anything can happen. I just mentioned the Dolphins, but most of that was injuries, right? Injuries happen too. That's why you always got to pump the brakes week by week it is so early in the nfl um and again i'm just kind of banking on teams that we know players that we know i've done it before i i think it's nice to see the new crop but until you get a couple years under your belt eagles maybe we could talk vikings just i mean you're a cursed franchise don't even get me started on that again i told you even if you go seven and one i'm not trusting you You're, you're barely winning these games uh that's fine do it in the playoffs um I like the Bucks. I, I'm taking them. I like them to do it in the Super Bowl. They're at least going to get there, right? And I think that's a good number to play around with some hedging opportunities there late because I think this conference is terrible. The NFC South is a joke. Um, Rams look beat up, you know, and I don't think that offensive line, they might make the playoffs and get right. I don't know if that offensive line is going to play in the playoffs. Uh, you know, what's with the receiving core? No, it would be Jay anymore. Alan Robinson has been a shell of himself. I don't believe in the 49ers. Cardinals have been terrible. Uh, I don't believe any team in the NFC East uh, or the NFC South. And then where are the Packers? It's not going to be the Bears. It's not going to be the Lions. Remember, everyone's loving Dan Campbell. Everyone's like, what? He's doing the exact same thing as last year. He's terrible. He's doing the exact same thing in his prior head coaching stint. He, a lot of talk. A lot of, I'm a man's man. I'm uh, I'm boys with my boys. And a lot of losing, okay? I mean, can we stop on Dan Campbell? He's going to be out of a job in a couple years. Um, It's ridiculous. So the NFC. The NFC is ridiculous uh, in itself. I do want to tell you, don't count out the Patriots. With or without Mac Jones, they're going to be in the playoffs. Death, taxes, and Belichick, and a Patriots defense. Um, (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, the Dolphins don't look good. Jets, great. I don't buy him. I mean, the defense is playing well. Look at Zach Wilson's numbers. You beat the Packers. That's not turning into an impressive win this year, at least to begin. Again, it's like, where are we at with the Packers? I expect the Packers to figure it out in terms of making the playoffs, but I haven't trusted them in the playoffs forever. Um, you know, and I will continue not doing that. So I think it's wide open for the Bucs. I'm not saying the Patriots are all of a sudden going to take, you know, the entire AFC by storm. I'm just telling you they're going to get there. Playoff team last year, I'm telling you they're going to get there with or without Mac Jones because they could do it with Bailey Zappi. I was high on this pick. This dude was – he's like the – he broke all the records for passing yards. And Bailey Zappi all of a sudden uh, looks like the second coming. He throws for 300-plus yards. And – um Hey, there you go. I I like the Patriots. Uh, you know, I like Tom Brady. I like Belichick. A lot of the two, a lot of people like to separate them and say who did the job when they won six titles together, Brady got one. Um, you know, congrats. I think, why can't they both be excellent? Why can't they both be legendary? I think they're both in for another good year and that's where I am kind of buying and putting my money where I don't think anyone else is looking. That's my favorite. Right. Um, all right, can we relax about the Tennessee win over Bama? And Jesus Christ, I mean, Bama's going to win out. They're going to face Georgia in the SEC title. Tennessee's going to go to Georgia and get absolutely handled. Bama should have won this game if their kicker makes a goddamn field goal, right? You know. So what? It's going to happen. The same people are going to be back there. Bama. Here's the one thing that you got to put your. This is the only game now where it's like, okay. This this is where it could go all wrong, and we might not see Bama in the playoff. It's at Old Miss, and it's you know again, Ole Miss looks good. Lane Kiffin looks good. You got to prove it to me against Bama, and then you almost got to do it again. Like you know, you keep you keep punching Bama, and they keep coming back. It's like the Undertaker. They will they will find a way to sneak in. That's another team I would buy low on. I haven't checked their odds, but you know I might have to. Go back to the well there and see if I can get a little better price for Bama because they've got Bryce Young. Defense certainly looks a little bit more susceptible this year, and they're playing more close games than years past. Um, Remember, they had to slip up against A&M last year, and they ended up uh, making the title game too. Slip up against Tennessee. Probably should have won that game. They're going to make the title, and they're probably going to win it. Uh, They were the favorites this year. Now you're going to get them at a good price. I think I might throw a C note on it. How about that? Um, yeah, so 10 people are pumping up. Georgia's is look great, but again, they're just kind of handling teams. They're not covering, but that's because their numbers are so astronomical. Ole Miss they're hosting. That's what I will say. I was impressed with Rocky top Dayland stadium. I mean, that was like a gladiator stadium. It was crazy. You, I mean, it was, sometimes you don't do the crowds justice through, through the, uh, you know, through your television, right? That I was like rocking. My, my house was rocking even with the volume at halfway for what Nayland was putting out there. So can Ole Miss bring that as you know, at every sec home game, if you're going to, if you think you've got a ba- vulnerable Bama now, I mean, that place is going to be rocking clearly it showed. So Ole Miss interested to see what they bring. Cause that is a home game when they welcome in Bama little bit, you know, that might be interesting. OK, that's where you'll get me after that Tennessee game. But I'm still confident it's you know, we can't get rid of Bama. It's like a venereal disease. Um, all right, that's enough out of me. Let's get to uh, some fantasy news and notes with Lucky Shots Media. Ricky Larson, of course. Um, Great stuff as always. Hope you enjoy it. It's that time of the week. Great to get our guy Ricky Larson, Lucky Shots Media on. Check out his podcast Wherever you enjoy your podcast, we tweet out the links as well. YouTube, he's a great subscribe. Uh, as you've got the Lucky Bets podcast, you're about to do your game day show. You also get you covered through fantasy football in the NFL all the way throughout the week. Anything I'm missing there, Ricky?
1: Oh, that's about it. Uh, possibly thinking about dabbling into doing some uh, movie reviews. Yeah, okay. that's kind of my yeah, thoughts that. on movies. I, I'm getting into a lot of uh, Halloween movies. Yeah, I saw in October.
0: You've been doing uh, what one or two movies a night to celebrate the uh, the month of October for Halloween. Yeah,
1: yeah. Halloween's kind of my favorite season. Uh, You know, it's not just a holiday; it's it's all of October is the season. So, uh, getting into all those movies and you know putting it on a horror movie uh, page as well and getting people's feedback there. A lot of people I find uh, don't have the same taste in horror movies I do, but it's (laughs) probably because I've watched so many that I even bad ones. I'm like, you know, that one was pretty good too. So might start doing that as well.
0: Yeah. My movie uh, TV opinions get flamed on TikTok all the time (laughs) for uh, it's, it's, it's very nice. Uh, People on the internet are so gracious. All right, well let's get spooky then. Um, So let's start with arguably, you know, we thought last week was a pivotal week. Maybe you're thinking about trades. Obviously that spills into this week too. Where are you at in the standings? Where do you want to finish? But you've got a critical bye week. Just kind of run through the players here that uh you're gonna be trying to substitute into your starting lineup for. Well, you
1: start out with Buffalo. Mm. You're not
0: gonna have Josh Allen, not gonna have Stephon Diggs.
1: Gabe Davis has been a guy that's been very, very relevant for you. So those three guys, probably their main fantasy people, not gonna be in this week. Uh if you drafted Josh Allen, hopefully you drafted somebody else, or you're gonna have to go pick up. Taylor Heideke off of uh, waivers this week. So that's going to be three really tough players to uh, fill fill in there. Then you got Philly. So no Jalen Hurts, no A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders, who's actually been pretty decent for fantasy so far this year. He's not going to be in. Devontae Smith, uh, plenty of people there. And Philly's defense, because let's be honest, Philly's got one of the better defenses. So if you've got them – you're going to have to find another defense for this week as well. And you got Minnesota. Yep. No Dalvin Cook. No uh, Justin Jefferson. I know some people who have Kirk Cousins as their quarterback because they're just like, give me all that garbage time. I'm not going to have him as well. And then really the only thing you're missing from the Rams is Cooper Cup. Uh, maybe,
0: so, Henderson, I mean, <clears throat> maybe Anderson.
1: Maybe uh, Anderson. Maybe even Tyler Higbee sure. in a very – short uh tight end room. So it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty tough uh not having any of those players. And then, you know, if you were a guy who had Marquise Brown, he's yeah out at least with a uh, foot injury for the foreseeable future. So you're gonna have you're gonna see what yeah. some fantasy teams are made of this week. I'm really hoping that I draw somebody that has somebody from those teams because I yeah. first of all need a win. Second of all I've got some firepower coming back. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, sitting at zero and six, one and five, and two and four, gonna need some things to happen for myself. So, uh, looking forward to these bye weeks because a lot of teams don't have depth. Uh, yeah, and that, that's definitely probably where you messed up in the draft if you don't have depth behind those guys.
0: Top five fantasy PPR options: four are gone. The only one playing are Lamar Jackson. Uh, is Lamar Jackson? I should say. And then out of the top nine, take five away. So I mean, you're really yeah. Hurts, you said Cup, Digs, Allen, Jefferson, really hurting there at the top, uh, and those are guys that could carry you uh, throughout the week. Any a lot of injury news too. We t- we talked about it during props on the Lucky Bets podcast with you. Check that out. I encourage it. But we our theme was comebacks from injuries. We hope right. So what are right. some of those injuries you're keeping an eye on, reporting wise throughout the week?
1: Uh, so for injuries that are going into this week, like I said, you got Marquise Brown, Randall Cobb. Uh, I don't know how many people are starting Randall Cobb, but if you're in a deeper league, you might be. Uh, he's out with an ankle injury, Kendrick Bourne, his toe, Kenny Pickett, concussion, and that, you know, you probably aren't starting Kenny Pickett, but if you've got any options uh, for Pittsburgh, it depends on what options you have on whether or not, they're going to be impacted uh, because with Kenny Pickett, you got George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth that are the main options. Uh, Turbisky, you have got yep. Beyonce Johnson and Chase Claypool. So it's going to be going to be interesting to see what happens there. But guys you got coming back, Dak Prescott, Tua, uh, two quarterbacks that you expect should have pretty good weeks, uh, but you don't know what the rust is going to look like, especially on Dak Prescott, who hasn't been in since week one. Right. It's against Detroit, so it's a very good matchup there. Tua going up against Pittsburgh. Uh, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift running back-wise. Uh, Swift we haven't seen for the better part of three weeks. Excited to see him back, but he's going in against uh, Dallas, which is a tough defense to go go against. And then Jonathan Taylor up against Tennessee. What's he going to look like coming back as well? Is it going to be in full capacity? Is it going to be at all? You know, uh, could be, could be somebody completely different in that backfield. You got DeAndre Hopkins coming back from his uh, suspension. Yes, sir. That's super exciting, especially, you know, you don't ever want to see anybody get hurt. But without Marquise Brown in the mix as well, you got to expect it's going to be more of a even bigger day for DeAndre Hopkins. Keenan Allen, is he going to be back? Is he not going to be back? Same story, uh, different year with him, but <laughs> – it's, it's a great matchup going up against Seattle. So that'll be yeah. an interesting one to keep an eye on as well. Uh, and then speaking of the Cardinals, Robbie Anderson, the right. uh, in Arizona, don't think it's going to, you know, impact too much fantasy wise uh, of, you know, say Zach Ertz or Deandre Hopkins. But
0: what about Rondell Moore? That's who I'm kind of questioning because it's like, yeah, the injury happened. Does that mean that his, Place in the slot is safe, and then all of a sudden they make this trade for Robbie Anderson. What are we doing with that? Yeah, um,
1: I, I outside of Hopkins and Ertz, I don't really like any options. Yeah. Uh, I've been a guy who I wanted to see more out of more last year, yeah, uh, especially because he had opportunities. Same thing this year. Yeah. I'm not sold on Rondale Moore until we see some consistency out of him, which has been nothing we've seen out of him. So uh, not too sold on him. Robbie Anderson, you know, I think he's going to be just as good as he was in Carolina. So you can count on maybe one big touchdown, but that's what you have to count on if you're going to put him in. So uh, I would lean away from anything else. I would even venture to say, Maybe you can lean away from Zach Ertz this week. I think it's yeah. going to be a big uh, comeback game
0: for DeAndre Hopkins. Especially in the red zone. That's where Ertz has kind of been feasting, and that's Hopkins' area of expertise. All right, let's go position by position, and we're excited to talk UFC 280 with Ricky Larson at Lucky Shots Media as well. Uh, it is going to be on a college football Saturday, but, of course, it is actually in Abu Dhabi, so prelims, I think, are before college game day, and then you've got the main <laughs> guard at, like, noon Uh, But I'm jacked up for it. But let's start with the quarterbacks. Should you drop Aaron Rodgers?
1: Yeah. I think we're at the point where you can comfortably say, because we brought this up, what, a few weeks ago. uh, And I was like, man, hold off on it. Hold off on it. Not much has changed, and we're going into week seven, and the Packers' offense looks just as rough as they have all year. So – Yeah, I think you could drop them and look at guys that are possibly sitting on the waiver wire. I mean, we don't know how long Carson Wentz is going to be out, but honestly, Taylor Heineke is not a bad get. Uh, The last, what, two years before this year, Heineke was either fully the starter or, you know, playing in some sort of capacity. And he's not bad. I want to point out. We haven't seen much out of Terry McLaurin so far this year. Oh. With Taylor Heineke coming in, expect McLaurin to start taking back up uh, fantasy lineups. I, I think that's going to be big for him. But yeah, I, I think I think it's time where you can give up on uh, Aaron Rodgers. And I don't want anybody coming at me when they drop Aaron Rodgers and then he pulls <laughs> off something crazy this uh, last half of the season. But yeah, I think you're I think you're fine dropping him for right now.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's quarterback 20, you know, like Yikes. Uh, he does have the Commanders this week. But yeah, let's put our money where our mouth is here. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers this week or Russell Wilson? Yeah. Oh, Christ. Uh, <laughs> shit. Give me That's okay.
1: Tough. I just said drop Aaron Rodgers, but if uh Russell Wilson is your other option, drop drop Russell Wilson. I'd right. rather have I'd rather have Rodgers. You know, the potential is much higher for Denver. It's just not happening. I mean, we had a pretty decent half out of Russell Wilson uh, this past week, and then they just stopped doing what worked. (laughs) So uh, I I just don't trust that coaching staff uh, to actually let Russ be Russ in an offense.
0: Uh, Matt Ryan, Jacoby Brissett, Mariota, all starts over Rodgers?
1: Yeah. Yep, I would take all of those guys over Rodgers. I know they just paid Deshaun Watson a shitload of money, but let's be honest, that guy's not playing too, too bad. He's capable. Uh, And and he's doing all right. Mariota. How about Mariota? He was in my good Samaritans on uh, my fantasy show this week. He only had 129 pass yards, but he had three touchdowns finished as a quarterback five. So why not? Yeah. Uh, I mean, can you expect that every week? I don't think so, but at least we've seen more more out of mariota in one game than we have out of rogers for the, for the whole season.
0: Uh running backs, you've got Sanders, Cook, Singletary on by. Uh I want to do another grade the trade. We talked about Stevenson for Chase. Ended up hope, helping both teams, right? We both got in and out with victories. But I uh, I might have done something even crazier after my victory. I'm looking at this. I was looking ahead. I'm going, there. my lineup is bare this week. It is bare. A lot of people dealing with that. So Cooper Cup on by. Everyone's grabbing at him like vultures because I have him, right? Obviously. <laughs> I gave him up. <clears throat> Cooper Cup I sent away for Brees Hall, Alec Pierce, and JD McKissick. Grade the trade.
1: You know, I, I honestly I talked about it last week. I don't mind Alec Pierce actually mm-hmm. as a uh, as an option. Edie McKissick, I, I think he's pretty well done in that yeah. backfield. Uh, Brian Robinson, we're seeing kind right. of take over that starting role with Antonio right. Gibson playing running back too. But Reese Hall. Yeah, guy that I was not sold on, uh, you know, starting the season, he was up in the top class of running backs, of running backs going. And I was like, why? Why why is this happening? Well, he's showing us why. And mm-hmm. uh, I think you can continue to see that throughout the rest of the season. Because if you look at the Jets, they've scored 75 points in the last two weeks. And it's pretty much been all on the ground. Zach Wilson all has not done anything, right. uh, which has really pissed me off. But uh, it's been... Kind of the Brees Hall show for two weeks, and I think it continues because they found success. They're not going to turn away from the success they've been having. So, uh, you know, I'd probably give you a uh, a B plus there, um, McKissick. Three for just, one, yeah, yeah. Kind of throwing, kind of just taking a roster spot from you. You could probably end up dropping him, uh, make a little room, and find something else. But the other two guys, uh, I'm I'm liking that. And Cooper Cup, you know, if you look at, you know, if he's gonna get thirty points a game, you can get twenty to twenty five out of Brees Hall and maybe a ten spot out of Alec Pierce, you're getting more out of more out of that than just Cooper Cup. So I, I like think that's,
0: it. yeah, it's one word, the name. And obviously one of the top options of the fans is going, what are you doing? But it's like, I just, I have to scramble. I'm two and four, just got to win to kind of save my season by trading away chase. Now I'm like, all right, I've got, I basically have to win again and just keep scrambling week by week at this point. So I went from cup and Pittman jr. But had no running backs. And now I've got Ramondre and British hall. And I've kind of feel <laughs> you're not going to like my receivers or Alec Pierce and Rondell Moore, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're scrambling.
1: Right. Right. And like I said, I don't mind Alec Pierce. Uh, yeah. He's, I like good, he's yeah. been becoming more of a, more of a guy getting targets in that offense. Mm-hmm. So if, if they get it figured out, like they kind of did last week, I don't mind
0: it. And I got to change my fantasy name to pierced nips. Um, all right. So we're all good. <laughs> it was either that or hall pass. <laughs> um i like it i like it would you so we don't do uh kickers in this league we have two flexes um would you start jd mckissick or nico collins nico collins so i've been a guy that's
1: had brandon cooks most of the year yeah nico collins is a guy anytime i see his name pop up i get pissed off (laughs) so honestly i'd start nico collins uh he gets you know somewhere in the neighborhood of five targets a game which is fairly low but sometimes they're money targets. They're, you know, 20, 25-yard plays. So uh, I'd rather take that than hope J.D. McKissick even gets on the field.
0: Yeah, that's um, a good point. I might have to do that. Um, would you rather have Travis Etienne Jr. or James Robinson going forward?
1: I mean, what have we, what have we seen out of Etienne so far this year is, is my only thing. I mean, I know James Robinson's been – uh, on a couple of down weeks, but as he goes, the Jaguars go, in my opinion. So uh, he, he had some great weeks to start the start the year. They've been on a downslide. He's been not doing so hot. I think they need to turn back to him a little more, and they'll start being successful. So if they if they see that, he's going to be really good. So I'd rather have James Robinson uh, because I don't know why they even drafted Travis Etienne
0: um any worry i know you talked about him briefly any worry about starting swift this week if he's gonna play uh
1: so i do a love and hate list with my fantasy show as well guess who made the hate list for my running back position deandre DeAndre swift uh going up against dallas that's just a tough matchup anyway coming off his injuries (sighs) It's tough because Dallas, they only allow 13 points to a running back per game. They've only had two running backs finish inside the top 15 on them, and they give up the average of running back 22. So uh, it's a tough matchup. I think you still got to start him. Right. But you just got to hope and pray he gets into the top 20 at least because I think that's all the more ceiling you can expect this week. Or he could be the guy that gets 10 catches out of the backfield. Yep. And okay. at least you're cashing in that way. But it's it's going to be a tough week coming off injury against a tough defense. So if you can swerve, try to swerve. But uh, I think you're stuck keeping him in your lineup anyway. Uh, you just got to plug, in, plug in pray.
0: and pray. And last one for the running backs here. Any worry that if Damian Harris plays, it rains on Ramondre's parade? Or is it his backfield?
1: Uh, even so, if we look at when Harris has played, yeah, Stevenson is still pretty dang good. Um, and you know, let's look at the history of the Patriots. It's going to be not just Ramondre. If Harris is in, he's going to be in there possibly stealing a touchdown or so. Um, but I, I still think Ramondre is going to get a lot of rushing yards. He's just a guy that does not go down on first contact. He'll average about five yards of carry. Yeah. So, you know, throw a couple catches in there, at the very least 50 yards, a couple catches. I mean, he's sitting at at least 10 for baseline, and then anything over that you're going to be happy with. Uh, is it going to be the 19, the 25-point performance? Possibly not, but I, I don't see that being out of the realm of possibilities so I don't think you worry that much about Ramon Andre this week
0: let's talk receivers now we've got uh Amon Ross St. Brown coming back from injury coming back from the bye is that Dallas is he going to get Travon Diggs again we've talked about that rush defense just overall defense they're all right yeah about middle of the pack I guess to receivers but uh any worry with Amon Ross and then uh, I had another one here. Oh, yeah. You know, what are we doing with these two guys? Are, is Brown a must start? And then what do we do with Christian Kirk? Uh, a couple down weeks. And then he uh, he just had 10. You know, he still projected 12. Giants have been the best defense against receivers all of a sudden.
1: Right. Uh, you'll have to remind me of the other two names after I talk about Amonra. Yeah. I love the guy. Uh, but he he's on my sit list this week. Uh, you know, the... Injuries are just tough. You know, I think he's going to continue to play the whole game, but like you said, could be shadowed by digs. If Dallas is smart, which I think their defense is and their defensive coordinator is, he's going to get doubled. Uh, they're going to at least have somebody sitting over top of them for most of the game. Uh, and he's had two straight performances under 15 points. So it's again, like Swift, it's a tough matchup and I think you're still gonna plug him in and play him. You just gotta again hope that he possibly just gets a bunch of targets and gets maybe ten catches to at least give you that baseline um, I, I,
0: sorry, just on that note while we're on the lions, are, um I've seen mixed reviews on Josh Reynolds that his stock might be dropping since Brown is back i is there maybe you squeeze another week out of Reynolds if you're in a kind of a spot where you need to get at least somebody in the flex
1: I mean possibly uh. Because the attention's going to go Amon Ross St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson. So that leaves not a lot of attention for Josh Reynolds. He could be a sneaky play this week. Right. Um, and, you know, if those other two guys are covered up, Reynolds is more than likely going to be somewhere in single coverage or just sitting in the middle of a zone that no one's in. So uh, he could be a sneaky play. And especially if you're in a pinch, mm-hmm. say you've got Diggs, Brown, Jefferson Cup. I think he's somebody you could plug in. It's another plug and pray, but yeah, th- there's there's the possibility that he gets get you a bigger week than you expect at least.
0: Yeah, he's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, it's going to be a plug, you know, plug and pray type of week, I think, for many teams. Um, all right, so let's throw Christian Kirk into this. So I'm going to give you mm-hmm. four receivers. You're going to pick two to start. We've got Christian Kirk, Juju Smith Schuster. Scary Terry or Deontay Johnson? Two out of those four. You,
1: I think you go with Scary Terry and uh, Deontay Johnson. Okay. Again, uh, just the quarterback right. situations uh, help both of those two guys. You know, we haven't seen a lot of out of McLaurin, but with Taylor Heineke, we've seen what McLaurin can do. I think yep. that translates into this week. So I think McLaurin is going to be on a higher uptick than everybody else in that offense. Uh possibly a top 15 week out of him for the first time this season. And then Johnson, he's a guy that he's a target hog and Trubisky knows that and Trubisky going to try to get him the ball. So uh, I, I like those two much better than Christian Kirk, who had one, two good games sure. uh, in an offense that's really struggling. I mean, Trevor Lawrence finally kind of got back on the horse last week now he's going up against the Giants it's going to be a tough matchup uh there and Juju hasn't been good since like his rookie year in Pittsburgh so I've been completely off of Juju
0: he finally had a good game again it was poor tackling and kind of the I talked about on your show the Jamar Chase syndrome where it was like 50 yards and a touchdown off of poor tackling added to that um not a fan sure uh, true or false, you should drop every single Jets receiver.
1: Uh, you know, I just shit on Zach Wilson. So, uh, you know, I think guys like. Yeah, uh, we're at the point where yeah, pretty at that pretty point. Much, pretty much you're going to have to quit on them because you're like me. I had uh, a couple of them. I had Garrett Wilson and I had, you know, Tyler Conklin at tight end and gotta move on from those now because they're seeming to be a run heavy team and they can put up points just running the football so they're gonna pass scarcely as they have been for the past couple weeks um you know i'm at the point where i'm like fuck just put joe flacco back in you were doing okay with him (laughs) but they're winning with wilson yeah fantasy
0: managers want flacco yeah um i guess Brees hall doesn't want flacco but uh, yeah
1: yeah Um, yeah i i would steer away from all of all of those guys. I, I've
0: uh, been, you know, Wilson had the 30-point game. I've been holding on to him since. He was on my bench and to got the 30-point game. I think I started the next week. Dud. I just dropped him in every league. I had him. I just can't do it. Which is a shame because all the other receivers uh, in this rookie class seem to be doing well and fantasy relevant.
1: Right, yeah. And even if I was to sit here and try to be like, okay, this is the one you want to hold on to, they don't really have that one you want to hold
0: on to. Um, yeah.
1: So. It's kind of tough, but yeah, you're gonna have to. I think you're gonna have to start moving away from those.
0: Uh, tight end, got to get creative. If you have got Dallas Goddard, if you have Tyler Higby, um, so three guys available in my deepest league. Pick one of them to stream: Mike Gesicki, Will Disley, or Daniel Bellinger of the Giants. Uh
1: Mike Gesicki was sitting on my bench last week. If uh, anybody cares,
0: he does this every year, right? He garbage time. He has like a random game with, uh, you know, when receivers go out, that's when he is pertinent.
1: Uh, I'd probably have to stick with Gesicki there. Um, with Tua coming back, I'm expecting sort of an air raid to start coming. So mm, maybe, maybe, you know, he gets in there for three catches. Hopefully one of them's maybe a touchdown. Uh, yeah, that's, about all you can hope uh out of that Who who is the second guy will disley yep Well, i'm putting will disley into my uh dfs lineup so you never <laughs> know uh yeah. he's he's a guy that doesn't get anything or he'll get you a touchdown so yep so like every tight end very very dependent there um but i think is has got the higher floor out of the three
0: uh, I think that should do. Maybe I get a flex in here for the people. Um, again, we appreciate Ricky Larson of Lucky Shots Media here for all the fantasy football advice. Um, just scrambling while I'm talking here. Yeah, that should do it for fantasy. Let's get in some blood. Um, yes. Yes. Some <laughs> blood. Yeah. Um, all right well let's start with obviously uh the main title fight i'm jacked up it's gonna be eh, maybe we'll go uh from sean o'malley on down there to kind of build up yeah so i mean i'm there's a lot of fights we could talk about but i want to just kind of touch on the main three and get us out of here um sugar sean o'malley i mean talk about accepting a fight like yeah okay you know we know he's one of the top prospects 15 and 1 he got humbled a little bit by cheeto vera um and then and then he's bounced back from that well, and now he's really stepping up. Uh, yeah. Piotr Jan, I just saw he's trending on Twitter because he had like an open, <laughs> he had an open sparring session in the middle of like a mall. Uh, it looked crazy. Um, this is going to be insane. Sugar Sean O'Malley's aforementioned only lost once, didn't Jan just lose to uh, was it Sterling? But he just lost recently, and then you know he lost his belt. I could be wrong there, but I, I think he lost to Sterling in like a. Oh, yeah, the
1: dental knee, knee or something like that. So not, not really a loss. Aljamain didn't want that win either. Right. Um,
0: Everyone's but- uh, all over Jan just to get the odds here. He's minus 294. Mm-hmm. Uh, he opened at minus 445, and I assume this is public support. That's all in on Sugar Sean O'Malley, but I don't know. What's your take on this fight? Well, I just
1: want to point out that uh, if you look at the card top to bottom, Holy shit, Russia, with the amount of people on this card. I thought Uh, they were
0: supposed to be on the front line. How these guys get out, (laughs) what happened there?
1: Yeah, but uh, if you've heard me talk anything about UFC, I love, love, love Sugar Sean O'Malley. Uh, And, like, (laughs) you look at all of his fights, he's he's fought some decent people, Mm -hmm. but holy shit, what a jump. And we're, we're really going to see what he's made of. Like he, he hasn't fought top tier competition yet. And to go from just like kind of nobody ish fights to the, who should be still the champion of his division uh, in Yon. Yeah. Ooh, (laughs) this is going to be a fireworks fight. Sean O'Malley. He doesn't care. It's always going to be fireworks. Um, and i hate to go against sean but i i think jan is gonna pull out the victory here um probably he's probably gonna stop him as well uh, yeah i mean sean he's got some fucking boulders for hands so who knows he could he could go out there and shock the world and if he does expect him to be immediately in a title title fight next yeah um but I, I think it's I think Yawn's day. Uh, I'm really hoping it's a good fight. Sadly enough, I probably won't be watching this because Ohio State is playing big noon Saturday. So maybe, maybe I'll split screen it and have the fights uh, on one the, side. You got to go State split. Don't the they other. have
0: Iowa coming? That's going to be over by halftime. <laughs> um, yeah, some weird like, so yeah, you had the DQ against Sterling. Then he came back and, you know, actually fought a really good fight against Sanhagen. And then lost a split decision against Sterling, which again is kind of like, hmm, Sal D'Amato must have been on the judges scorecards for that one. Um, But then I remember watching
1: that fight. I don't think I love Al Sterling too, but I don't think he
0: won. Right. Yeah. I I think I'm with you on that. I don't remember this fight though. So Sean O'Malley, he had a no contest too with Pedro Munoz. This was on the uh, Adesanya fight or fight card. Um, Hmm. I don't remember that, but that's what he's coming off of. So. Again, again, yeah, not yeah. a top tier guy. Maybe yeah, he's it's a little bit washed.
1: It's gonna be fun. Uh, I really, really hope it's a great fight uh, yeah. because I, I love both these guys. I, I've got more love for Sugar Sean, and you know, if you watch our uh, Lucky Bets show, I like betting on the underdog. Oh yeah. uh, UFC's website's got him at plus two fifty
0: five. So yeah, no, certainly uh, some value mind there. Certainly some value. All right, so now Sterling who's beating Jan back-to-back. He beat Sanhagen before that. Uh, TJ Dillashaw's coming off a win over Sandhagen after he was pretty much laid off, uh, or not laid off, but he was out of commission for two years since losing to Henry Cejudo, who has since retired. Now he's flirting with coming back. I'm not really a Dillashaw guy. This was another split decision win for Dillashaw. You know, I'm not really, I think Sterling just does enough. He doesn't blow away fights, you know, so are we staring at a split decision? I don't know. Sterling's the minus 175 favorite lines moving towards him, but then Dillashaw's kind of states pat at plus 138. I would lean Sterling, but I don't know if I feel great about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sterling was an exciting fighter to watch before title fights. Sure. Uh, Good gonna point. be honest, he he fights what seems to be very conservative uh, when it's when it's actually for a big time big time fight, uh, and I think Dillashaw's got something to prove. Yeah, you know he he's got what you said one win under his belt in the last couple of years. Uh, big step up for him, and I don't mind TJ Dillashaw. You know a guy that runs his mouth a little bit uh, and goes out there and backs it up. It's going to be another interesting one. Uh, you know, like you said, Aljamain does just enough to pull out the victory. He probably does it again uh, in this fight, but I'd I'd like to see Dillashaw really get after it and put the pressure on him and make Aljamain fight because if he yeah. does, I think we're going to have a really good fight on our hands, but this is one where I can see both guys just being super conservative and it kind of being a snoozer of a fight. Really hope it's not that way. Uh, And I really hope Dillashaw pushes, pushes the pace on it.
0: That's a title fight. So it'll go five rounds. I'm pretty sure the Yon fight is only three. So that's, you know, we kind of want to see that go five, but obviously too many uh, fights on this card. All right. I like me and my buddy have had this marked on the calendar. I think for eight months, uh, you've got Charles Oliveira, probably my favorite UFC fighter right now, uh, against, uh, Islam Makhachev. Olivera has not lost since 2017. Makachev has not lost since 2015. What's got to give? Uh, Olivera obviously had the controversy where he missed weight. How are you going to do that? Doesn't matter. He goes out and subs Justin Gaethje, um, you know, lost the belt because of it or had to give it up. It's vacant right now. He's going to try and get it back. Makachev, I think has been one of the top prospects in the sport for quite some time. Now, this has always been kind of marked as, This will probably happen. He's obviously coached by Habib, uh, arguably the greatest to ever do it. Um, This line is moving towards Oliveira. What's going to give? I, you know, it's going to be something. It's going to be an absolute chess match between these, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, black belt jujitsu artists.
1: Yeah, I I think if uh, I'm going to be honest, I think the only way Oliveira wins is keeping it on the feet. Yeah, I think he's got to stay away from that. uh, russian bear wrestling technique that the uh that khabib and you know all of that because those guys are just they're mean they're mean wrestlers dude and yeah uh i love a wrestler i love seeing you know people just take people to the ground and absolutely control them uh you know if he does get taken down i think Oliver is fully capable of mounting offense from his back uh you know submissions things like that but uh the pressure that those russians put on you in that wrestling <laughs> i i don't know how easy it's going to be to be looking for submissions when you're literally just being pounded into the mat uh yeah. so i think olivera needs needs to try to keep this on the feet because i think if he does he has a considerable advantage on the feet yeah. um So, like you said, it's going to be a chess match. Hopefully, it's not going to be a chess match to where it's like, dear God, I just want this fight to be over, right? Because I just hate when you've got an exciting matchup and then it's just like, okay, who's going to do something? Who's going to do something? Uh, I think Islam's going to try to get it to the ground immediately and often. So, you know, I think it's going to be a good one. I but like I said, I think Oliveira needs to keep it. Keep it standing to uh, have a chance. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, Most I these guys uh, have not lost in a long time. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be heartbreaking for either one of them when one. they lose.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Two great fighters, big fan base. I imagine the crowd's gonna be all over uh, Makachev out in Abu Dhabi. A um, little bit of uh, you know, I guess my question, kind of similar to Sugar Sean O'Malley, is like, okay. This is obviously a huge step up. Uh, right. I'm not a big Drew Dober guy. I know he's had some good fights lately, but Makachev made him look, you know, asinine through three rounds. Tiago Moises, uh, Dan, the hand, hangman hooker. Come on. You can't be beating Dan, the Handman hangman hooker, and then all of a sudden fighting for a title soon after. But that's what's happening. He subbed him in 225. Bobby Green, he actually knocked him out. Uh, but... You know, again, and oliveira has been here, you know, he had, a, you know, he wasn't even fighting for a title because it was vacant and he still destroyed Gaethje. Um, right. You know, I feel like he's coming in with no pressure on him. Islam's going to have the crowd behind him. They made him a favorite. I feel like all the pressure's on him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know what it's going to look like if Oliveira does push this to championship rounds. Right. It's very uncharted territory for a lot of guys. And no matter how good they are, sometimes they get into those championship rounds and then they're like, well, what's, what's the game plan now? I'm, I'm tired. I don't know what I need to do to get this fight to be over. So, you know, Oliver, if he pushes it past round three, that just enhances his chances even more. Uh, and like you said, with Islam being the favorite, Bit of a trap here uh think think if you put put a little down on Oliveira, you might be cashing in quite a bit
0: I think that's going to be the play there's nothing like a Saturday I thought there's too many sports going on I've, I've got <laughs> money just flying out of my checking account uh, god I've been getting crushed in college football UFC is one of my better sports so hopefully I can kind of even it out for what it's worth oliveira has been fighting in these championship uh fights which have the championship rounds he has not been in round four in his entire career, which is kind of shocking, so we'll see. There you
1: go. So I mean, I, I guess that makes my argument of if he drags it into the later rounds because uh, <laughs> he he hasn't been there either. So let's.
0: Well, it's let's interesting see. too because the uh, over under is two and a half, which is like usually you see it higher for the five round fights. Maybe sometimes like the four and a half, um, but so they're expecting this to kind of be either subbed or knocked out uh, pretty yeah. early. Yeah, so I, hopefully it is a good fight
1: I'll, I'll call my shot I think Oliver
0: knocks him out
1: let's go let's, let's go that's a nice <laughs> prop
0: I would love it uh yeah. love this great to get Ricky Larson on every week some bonus UFC coverage it's going to be an absolute banger of a fight card remember that it's early in the day so don't be staying up at midnight and being where are the fights well they happened in Abu Dhabi uh 24 hours earlier um all right great stuff Ricky we'll talk to you next week and recap and then preview the next week fantastic see you and check out all his stuff lucky shots media on twitter and on youtube all right great stuff and look out for those movie reviews Yes.